Welcome to Consider Yourself Hugged, episode 100. We should have those little balloons that go everywhere. I'm Tammy. And I'm Michelle. And welcome to, we're sorry we missed you last week. We just had a few glitches we couldn't get worked out. So we're back this week. And actually, um, I don't think we've told you this up until now, but this will be our final episode for what we're calling season two. So that's exciting, right? Very exciting. Woo-hoo. We've been together for, I'm not sure we really called the first part of our time together season one, but now we're realizing that that was season one and this is season two. So season two, yeah. Yeah. So we, um, we've had, gosh, lots of little things. I think I already talked about getting a cat. I did talk about that. So actually I have nothing further to share with you. How about you? Like nothing. Okay. Mm-mm. I'm thinking that's a no from you too, right? Yeah. I was trying hard to think of, of something. I did 15 K. Oh, Michelle, I forgot about that. I think I commented on Facebook. How was it? You know, it was really fun. I actually really what? enjoyed it. It was, it, it was, it was 9.3 miles. Wow. So I've got the half in April and I'm looking forward to it. I, I understand that'll be more challenging, but um, it was a lot of fun. It's the hot chocolate race. So at the end there was hot chocolate and, you know, that's right. Chocolate and Oreos and a banana and marshmallows. I mean, you know. did you eat it all? No, I did not. You didn't? Because after 9.3 miles, no, you're not. Gonna... Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I've never run 9.3 miles, so I don't know. I also learned that there are certain things that I cannot eat along the way. You know how they give out snacks along the way? Yes. This was a hot chocolate race. So they gave out, first it was chocolate and they gave out marshmallows and they gave out a fairly large little cup of M&M's and M&M's and me and running at the same time do not go well. I actually turned down a cup full of M&M's later, which I know is like something you never thought would ever happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm sorry, but I have to ask, what is that? And you can tell me none of your business, but what does that mean? M&M's and you and running don't go well. So it gave me heartburn. So like trying to run. Really? Yes, it did. It did. So see, I'm sorry that you had heartburn, but I thought it was going to be far worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was not. It was not. No. Which you would not share if it was something far worse than that, but I would, I really would. I mean, this is, you know, does heartburn normally, I mean, does, does chocolate M&Ms, whatever normally give you heartburn? No, but I do get it from time to time. So I'm sure, like I said, it's the running aspect of it. You're trying to run and yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it super cold too? Oh, it was so cold. I was was thinking that was one of those really, really frigid mornings. It was like high twenties, low thirties. When we first got out of the car, because me and the person I ran with, we rode together and it was like so cold that we did jog up to like where the race was and the starting point just to get warm. Oh my gosh. I know. And you ran, you ran more than. 9.3 9.3 miles probably so yeah and I took my gloves off at mile five and that was a big mistake you know you get warm yeah took the gloves off and ran and then at the end when I stopped my hands started like throbbing and you so didn't like, know but your hands were freezing yes yeah so that um learned my lesson there I've just never ran that far when it's that cold before so Okay. Wow. This is a weird thing to do while we're recording the podcast, but tell me when, when is the, um, 
half marathon? April 23rd, it's the Music City half. Okay, April 23rd. I don't know if you know this, but Tim, um, can you believe people are going to have to sit here and listen to me try to set this reminder while we're, although we could edit it out, but I don't think that I will. So <laughs> what do you think? I don't okay. know. Yeah, no. What is, right. is, is Tim going to do photographs? No, no. He proposed to me at the prom when, and by, I should say, okay, you who are listening saying what? Because we've only been married for 19 years or almost 19 years. I was chaperoning the prom when Michelle and I taught together. I don't know if we were teaching. Anyway, I was chaperoning the prom and the prom that year here in Nashville or in Gallatin, but it was in Nashville after the the Music City Marathon was on that same day. So that's the day he proposed to me. I did not know that. I know. Isn't that special? Yeah, I said I had nothing to share. And here we've just had all these great, interesting things to talk about. So, okay, well, then should we talk about Elizabeth? I think we should. Interesting, interesting woman. It really is interesting because our last two or three, I don't remember how we talked about how many we've talked about so far, but they were, they, they felt worse you know, because, you know, you think about Ghislaine Maxwell and she was recruiting these young girls in this whole, you know, well, anyway, you know, and then Kim Potter, you know, accidentally killed somebody. And Elizabeth Holmes is just a financial thing, right? So it seems not as bad, but let me just, we're going to make the rundown on this one pretty quick, but just, and we'll put the links in the show notes. So if you want to read more, I think I have three websites that I pulled up. And so just a little bit about Elizabeth. Um, She was born in 1984 in Washington, D.C. And in 2003, she founded the medical diagnostic company Theranos. And in 2014, she was dubbed the world's youngest self-made billionaire. So she went to Stanford and a podcast I've been listening to. I don't think I told you about that, Michelle. I'll put the link to it. It's called Dropout. She dropped out from Stanford in her sophomore year to launch Theranos. So she quit school and she developed, so they're developing laboratory testing services. Um, The one that sort of was the claim to fame, she claimed, or the company claimed in 2014 that they could run more than a thousand medical tests on one drop of blood. So no needles, no, you know, big vials of blood. And that's when, you know, they had all these investors. So they said they could do it with just a finger prick. So the company raised $945 million from a big list of investors. Um, At its peak, Theranos was valued at $9 billion, again, making her this billionaire on paper. And in 2016, oh no, I'm sorry. um, In 2015 is when the company fell under investigation and they found out that they had only... uh, performed about a dozen of the hundreds of tests that they said that they could do. And it was of questionable accuracy. So in 2016, they said that none of their blood tests were accurate. And that's when everything started going downhill. So her trial started in September of last year. She was found guilty in January of this year, 
of four out of the 11 charges, and she is set to be sentenced on September 26th of this year, and she faces up to 20 years in prison for each of the four counts that led to her conviction. That's all I got for her background. What do you have to add? You, you said you had a couple things that I don't think I knew. Just a couple. I really felt like in researching this, a lot of the, the sources really say the same thing. They say exactly what you stated. It did mention in one of them that her father was um, associated with the Enron mm. scandal. Mm. But then, I mean, after that, he did go on to do other things. So I don't think not to the degree where he was um, incarcerated or anything like that for it. Boy, so. I was thinking about... Ghislaine Maxwell, whose dad also got into some trouble. So is it a father-daughter thing? Is it a like, like father, like daughter? Instead of like, I don't know. Uh, um, the pot, go ahead. And I was just going to say the only other thing. There's a little bit about her personal life, but it's, I didn't find much at all when it came to that. I don't know, maybe we weren't looking at um, the right sources, but it talked about how they believe she's married, but she's been incredibly private. She does have a son, but uh, just very, very private with her personal life. You know what I, when I was listening to the podcast episode, um, I listened to one this morning and they talked about, uh, we're going to, we're going to come, we are going to talk just briefly about our opinions, whether this would be different if it was a man, but it was brutal. Some of the things I was listening to, excuse me, I have to cough. For example, so she had this baby, I think it was six months maybe, or, or something like that before the trial started. And one of the, the people they were interviewing on this, the episode I was listening to said, well, what a convenient way to get the jury to be sympathetic toward you is to have a baby. Ah, so I don't know. Um, I also heard them talking about how she dresses now, you know, she was wearing the black turtleneck with the very smooth hair. And now she has on, is it called athleisure wear? What is it called, Michelle? I don't know what you're talking about. You don't, but you work <laughs> out and run. And I, I guess it's where women are wearing, I think that she called it athleisure, like just wearing yoga pants and, you know, jackets out, even if you're not working out anyway. And then she had a messy bun. And so she's no longer wearing just the nice, you know, business look that she's just kind of out there living her life. So then there was judgment about her living her life with, rather than being remorseful. So the judgments were everywhere. I think that, that I mean, one of the things that we have talked about in this series is, you know, are, are women and men treated differently? I think in that aspect, in terms of, I don't remember ever hearing in a case like this, where like anyone in the media was critiquing what a man was wearing before versus after. Right. I don't think so either. I don't think, I don't think that's ever happened to that degree. And I, you know, don't think I've ever heard anyone accuse a man of having a child during a trial in order to yes. gain sympathy. So, I mean, those are definitely two key things that I think are stand out different. I mean, a lot of this, I feel like absolutely could um, happen if the person was a man or a female. I think, you know, 
fraud, the things that happen here are not like gender-based, yeah. but those two things in terms of how they've responded and treated her, definitely you don't, you don't get that with men. No. And we, we did an episode about, um, Amanda. Oh my gosh. What is wrong with my brain? Amanda Knox. Did we, did we talk about her? No. no, we didn't do an episode. I, I just became really fascinated by her and I watched a Netflix series about her, but she, you know, she got accused of murder and then was in prison for four years, but they were, I mean, if you watch the documentary, I'll put that in the show notes too, because it's really interesting over in Italy. I mean, the prosecutors, they were questioning her sex life and whether she was having sex with more than one man. And it was, it was brutal. Mm-hmm. It was definitely brutal. So you're right. There's difference in the, the, the man woman thing. Um, she was, I don't think I said this, that there, we, we were looking up just lists of like female criminals or female, you know, news stories or different things. And there is a list that I found where she was actually number one on this notorious female criminals list. <laughs> it was like, wow, number one, that's, that's huge. And it probably is not as common. Maybe I don't think it was as common when we talked about like female to be like murderers or serial killers and probably not financial fraud doesn't happen on this level as much with women as men, because women are often in positions of power to do that. Did that make sense? I feel like I'm just. Yes. And I mean, I don't understand that, that number one rating for her. I don't know either, but I mean, maybe it's because we're women and we see kind of what Ghislaine Maxwell did in terms of to other women. I mean, that just seems so devastating. And, but, you know, I understand that this is devastating as well. She probably ruined people's lives financially. We probably don't know enough about the story to, to speak to that. I know in, in past financial scandals, like people's lives were ruined to the point of suicide. And so how much of that happened? I mean, cause I'm assuming like she got all of this investment and then, you know, yeah. they lost everything. I mean, they lost all their money. Like yeah. I know she's being ordered to pay money, but does she have it? I mean, yeah. Where's that going to come from? Well, the other thing too, we haven't really talked about is she made promises. She, the company made promises that they were going to be able to just really provide something for people with medical conditions that they've never had before, you know, to be able to just diagnose all these things, which then you would think would lead to better treatments and, and all of this and none of that. And and what you read, like at what point did she know this was not going to happen? Well, let's see the testing was announced in 2014 and by the way, do you know how old she, I don't know if anybody did the math, you know how old she was when she started this company? I mean, if she jumped out of Stanford, I would say probably 22, 23. She was 19. 19. Wow. 19. Apparently she was always driven. Um, let's see. So they announced, produced its first offering for all of these tests in 2014. And it was 2015 when when it started to come out that they had not tested all of the tests that they said they had. And they were using, they were actually running some of the tests using third-party 
devices and saying that it was their own. So it was like a year. It wasn't very long. It was kind of crazy. But and then one of the things so we did want to just talk for a minute about the the men versus women thing. But there was another it was it was actually the prosecutor who said this. So I have a link to the article, but it, it came out everywhere. So I'm just going to read the sentence here. Prosecutor Jeff Shank presented to the jury a recap of arguments that Holmes knowingly lied about the capabilities of Theranos testing, saying the evidence shows, and this is quote, she made the decision to defraud her investors and then to defraud her patients. And here's the sentence here. She chose fraud over business failure. She chose to be dishonest with investors and patients. That choice was not only callous, it was criminal. And this spoke to me, and I think it spoke to you too, Michelle, at the very beginning, she chose fraud over failure. Now, whether she, I mean, whether she did or didn't, you know, who knows what the choices were, but that's a huge thing that, I think a lot of us can do sometimes is choosing fraud over failure. Um, I mean, what do you think about that? I think that that that's one of the things that I think is universal. I think there's been a lot of cases with males as well where that was probably um, the case. And I think that there's probably a lot of every like that went into the dynamics of this. So I don't know if Hmm. you know if she did or didn't I mean I mean you could also say she chose greed over failure Mm. I mean she she got a lot of money lots and lots of money here's here's where I go with it when I think about choosing fraud over failure I think I may have shared this in the past but I'm really not sure we've done this is episode 100 I don't even know (laughs) what we've said before or what we haven't but in in my past and I have to be careful about it now because of my extreme previous need to be perfect you know perfectionism being what landed me in the mental hospital I know there were times obviously not to this degree or I'd be way more famous than I am now but there were times where if I made a mistake, I would do whatever I could. I hate to say to cover it up, but I would do the best that I could to figure out some reason, something else I could blame it on so that no one would think that I had made an error. And so that was kind of a choosing fraud over failure, but not because I was being malicious about it, but because I was afraid. So you know, if you're listening and you struggle with perfectionism and not wanting to make errors, this is something that you might, that you might've done. Yeah. I mean, that's an excellent example. I mean, in like the whole topic of perfectionism or, or anyone that struggles with admitting, like if if somebody struggles with admitting um, that they're wrong or that there might be another viewpoint, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, no. 19, like, and just the whole concept of like dropping out of Stanford to start a technology company. And so, obviously, we are both teachers, former teachers. And so, like, the whole, you know, dropping out of school. (laughs) But I mean, what what is that? 
like indicative of was it like she had that much confidence she likes to take shortcuts what's the I mean who who wouldn't mm. think that a degree from Stanford to learn about business and technology and all of that could be beneficial yeah. to actually getting your product to work maybe I don't know yeah, I, d I don't know. These are all great questions. And if we weren't at the end of our season, we could follow up on them. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that is so young. Um, you know, and there are examples where people drop out because I mean, I don't know if it's because she let me see. I think there were some things and I don't think that I read far enough into that. I think there were reasons like she did an internship with a different company and sort of learned about some of these things and figured out a way, you know, she invented a couple of things prior to that, that were successful. And I think that just led her to believe that the, the time was right. So I don't know. And, you know, I, I would definitely think like I can relate to the story in the sense of knowing like times when I, I've taken a wrong road. I probably knew it was the wrong road before I ever even did it, but then I keep going down that road thinking that, you know, I can turn it around or maybe it's not the wrong road. Mm -hmm. It's like how many was like you start down a path and then you get so far down that path. It's, you know, difficult to turn around. Yeah. Yeah. Difficult to get back. And that I know it's not the same thing, but you also talked, you've brought this up before about, the slippery slope, mm -hmm. like with us. But again, I can't remember exactly. You said it so well. Will you say it so these sweet ladies can hear you? Yeah, I mean, we we talked about it. We have talked about it a couple of times, just that like starting down the wrong path, especially when you realize it's the wrong path. I mean, it's a slippery slope. You get further down the path faster than. Oh, right. Okay. Dissipate and um, yeah. Of course, we don't know exactly what happened here, but this all seems to have happened very fast. And she seemed to have gotten in, in over her head very, very quickly, very deep. Yeah. And we, we didn't make our disclaimer earlier either that, you know, our goal here is hopefully, you know, because you listened before is not to dissect the case legally. It's just to look at what can we learn from this? Yeah. You know? And I, I think those are the two, two points we really just wanted to make with you today is just about what Michelle just said about that slippery slope and getting too far down. It's like the little small decisions that can snowball and get you further down this path. And then it's then the part that I mentioned was just, um, you know, just be careful about that perfectionism or about being afraid to make mistakes or being afraid that you'll look a certain way in other people's eyes it just it makes you so human to be able to just make mistakes you know and learn from them yeah. yeah and like I think this is a good example of the further down the path you get the bigger I mean just because you get a ways down the path I mean it kind of just ended up being a larger deal when it did come out in her case yeah yeah it did so I think we all have experienced things like this on a smaller level. Um, if you've experienced it to the level of her, you're probably not listening to us um, at this point. Or maybe you are. Maybe you or are. Maybe you are. Maybe. maybe you're one of our fans. That's you don't right. have anything else to do. That's true. You're sitting in your prison cell. <laughs> oh, well, that wasn't very nice. 
Well, we hope we appreciate you. you. We do appreciate you. Well, whoever you are and you're listening, we love you and appreciate you. But we we've enjoyed going through some of these women, just looking for some lessons that we can learn. We hope that you have too. And we hope that you've enjoyed being with us. I guess we started this season in September, I think is when we started. That's when we intended to start. So I'm assuming we did. And here we are. It'll be March when this airs. It'll be March. So yeah, so that is a wrap for this season two of Consider Yourself Hugged. You have anything else, Michelle? Because you enjoyed it too. (laughs) I do not, but I really enjoyed this season. To miss. Thank you all for listening. Yes, thank you for listening. So I guess we'll we'll end this time by saying what we always do. Just you know, go visit the show notes. We'll we'll still be on the Facebook page from time to time. Michelle and I both we really do have a lot of things, both of us, you know, career wise going on right now. So, but we'll pop in from time to time and send us a note. Let us know you're still out there. And I guess we'll go ahead and say it now. You ready? Yep. And until we see you in the fall, consider yourself hugged.